Hello, everybody. My name is Christina Stafford, here to welcome you to the Fearless Journey podcast. We hope you'll join us in this firsthand telling of God's faithfulness in each of these women's journeys, challenging them to rise up and live fearless in any and every season. Hi, friends. It's Jamie Massey, your host of the Fearless Journey podcast. Well, Christmas at Cooper City Church of God is an amazing experience. You're going to want to make plans to join us on Sunday, December the 18th with special guest Jaron Davis and a music spectacular that you don't want to miss. Then plan to join us on Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. and Christmas Day at 10.30 a.m. for two wonderful holiday worship experiences as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's my joy today to welcome as our guest, Nella Morla. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to pause right here and laugh. Nella, say your name the way it's supposed to be said. Hello, Jamie. It's Marianella. Morla. And, uh, Morla. And what, what was your other last name? <laughs> Echevarria. Say it again. Echevarria. So, folks, I cannot say that. And I know I need to learn Spanish, but I cannot <laughs> say that. So I told her, I'm going to have you say your name. Well, Nella is from Cuba. She met her husband, Ralph, when she was 13, and she got married when she was 15. She's been married for 28 years, and they have a forklift business in Opalaca. They have two children, Ralph, 23, and Sam, 20, and a grandbaby on the way. That's the best part. They have been attending Cooper City Church of God for five years, and we've been and have been serving in different ministries in the church wherever they're needed. She loves giving, serving, and she loves to fish. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but her true passion is giving and helping others. Um, we're talking today on the subject when Christianity became more than a religion to me. Welcome, Nella. Thank you, Pastor Jamie, for having me. And I'm so glad you said your name. I am so bad with this. You got to pray for me that I, I can learn to speak Spanish. Like I need Holy Spirit's help. <laughs> so anyhow, we're going to jump right in. I know you're originally from Cuba. And I know there's a story to this. And I want our listeners to get to know you better. But how old were you when you came to the States? How did you end up here? Okay, so when I left from Cuba, I was nine years old. Um, my dad, actually, my mom and my dad were not together um, at this time. Uh, my dad left in 1987 from Cuba. Um, he did always he come to the States? Yeah, he okay. came. Um, he never wanted to leave without us, even though my mom and him were not together. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't willing to come at that time. Okay. Uh, because she did not want to leave her family, her mom, mm-hmm. her dad, sister, brothers. Um, and it was about a year, I believe, after my dad was already here. And I said to her, if you do not go, by the time I'm 18, I'm telling my dad to come and get me, wow. and I'm gone. Was there a re- Were you just missing your dad, or was there a reason? Yeah, my dad was my whole world. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I love my mom dearly. Yes, <laughs> I could. I'm nobody without her. But I was so attached to my mom, my dad, uh-huh. my dad. I'm, I'm an only child. Uh-huh. But all I had to do was literally just open my mouth and my dad would do whatever I asked. <laughs> you were a daddy's yeah. girl. <laughs> so 
How long was your dad in the States before your mom decided to come He was here for about a year. Okay. And when I said that to my mother, I remember she, I think it was the next day, she picked up the phone and said, do what you got to (laughs) do. We're headed your way. We're coming. (laughs) So, um... It was in 1989. Uh Um, We actually got here on May 14th, which was Mother's Day Mm -hmm. in 1989. Um, It was a long journey. Mm -hmm. We went from Cuba to Panama. We stayed in Panama for 17 days. Um, You and your mom. Yeah, we were supposed Mm -hmm. to just, it it was supposed to be, everything was supposed to be, it was set Uh for us to go from Cuba to Panama and from Panama within an hour or two take another plane and come straight over here Uh that did not go well the plane um, the flight from Cuba was delayed Uh by a lot so by the time we made it to Panama Uh the other flight had already taken off and Mm -hmm. back then everything was done it wasn't done properly right everything so it was I couldn't even explain to you how it was done. <laughs> wow. But I know that we got stuck there. And was that scary? It wasn't when we were in Panama, it wasn't scary. We were actually in a home. Um, the owners were Cuban. Um, and what they did was they would house um, other Cubans that were just traveling through. Okay. So at this particular house, we found a couple that was really good friends with my mom and my dad. Okay. And their little boy, um, also another good friend of my dad and his son, which was 16 at the time. Mm -hmm. And so we had people that, you know, like a network. So we felt comfortable. Uh huh. Um, At this time, there were some people that would take you out of the country illegally. Mm. Mm. And Hmm. that's when the whole journey started. Um, Oh, wow. Back then, I would say this is when um, President Noriega uh-huh. was fleeing the country. It was really bad. Politically, it was really bad. Um, the, the the people that came to my mom and said, and, and the group of Cubans that were there, and said, we can get you guys out of here, mm-hmm. um, were getting a, a yacht. And, you know, the whole trajectory was we were going to go from Panama to Colombia to an island in Colombia. That was the plan at the time. And, you know, it was a yacht and it Mm. was a two bedroom yacht with kitchen and the whole nine yards. Uh And so they take us from from the actual city in Panama Uh to a little island, which was about an hour away Uh in Panama. Wow. And we were supposed to leave the next day. Okay. Um, Like around three in the morning now were you in touch with your father during this journey okay so he knew where you were okay um you know everything was supposed to be safe Uh um at this time like around three o'clock in the morning i remember waking up everybody's yelling you know they're coming and telling us that you know we have to run because there's guards armed guards you know coming after us and we have to get out so Mm. at this time when we get to the dock there was no yacht there was no big boat it was a tiny little boat with two little motors Mm. and three gentlemen three colombian men the owners of the boat i Uh guess the ones that they were in contact with and at this time we had no choice it was just your mom and you it was my mom and it was it was actually 15 of us 
Wow. So on this boat. 13. I'm sorry. I think it was 13. On um, this little boat. Plus the three that were driving the boat. And the wow. boat was no no more than three, four feet. My it was goodness. just a wooden boat yeah with two little motors in the back so and you're you're nine ten 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 years nine 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 years old, nine. Nine years old. Um, my goodness there was actually it was only me uh-huh. kids it was only me uh-huh. and a seven-year-old boy which was one of my uh my mom and my dad's uh friend's son wow so at this time we had no choice we're looking back and these armed guards are running towards us and they're like, if you don't get in the boat, you're going to get arrested and you're going to be sent back. So <sighs> we had to jump in the boat. Oh, my goodness. Um, I remember it took off and it was still dark. It was still nighttime. Uh, I would say maybe around five in the morning. The waves just started. <sighs> One of the motors shut off. So the boat just I remember one of the one of the the men that were driving the boat asked us at that point to get rid of all our belongings because we were going to sink. So I remember my dad, my mom had a a tiny little black bag. Mm -hmm. And then there she had like the important documents, you know. Yeah, the stuff. uh, Yeah, yeah, like. To get into the country? I think she had maybe like a PJ for me, Uh a pair of underwears, you know, just small stuff. Uh And she kept that bag. Mm Um. That was a 16-hour journey. Mm. It was, we didn't get to the island in Colombia till the next day about, I don't even remember the time. I know it was dark. Everybody, when we got to that island, the moment they would step outside the boat, they would just start dropping, really? passing out. Wow. We, li- we actually stopped in an island around, I would say, noon, mm-hmm. and it was just Indians, like uh-huh. actual indians like yes. they had um they w- they would climb the trees and uh-huh. get the coconuts and bring mm-hmm. them down and cut them open for us to give uh-huh. us the coconut water My i mean goodness. it was just something out of a movie yeah um but they were amazing to us they were nice yeah yeah, yeah. they um, welcomed you yeah so from do there you we remember took off. do you remember how your mom was doing during that time was she trying to be strong for you um after that um, it got, uh, I guess, a little worse uh-huh. um, weather-wise. And I remember at one point they had a, I'm, I'm not going to say a 55-gallon tank, but um, it was pretty big. Uh-huh. It was empty. Uh-huh. Um, I guess they used it for, for fuel. And I remember her telling my dad's friend, um, if the boat sinks, mm-hmm. you just put her in it uh-huh. and don't look back. Wow. So that, oh, as a little girl, you heard that. That had to have frightened you. It was, it was very traumatizing. I um, am sure of that. By the time we got to the island, it was, like I said, it was dark. You know, they when we finally got to the um, to their home, mm-hmm. um, they fed us and Thank we God. actually got <laughs> stuck there in that island for oh. twenty seven days. <laughs> My goodness. At this point, my dad did not know where you were, where we were. Ah, it wasn't until like the 25th day because the people that were taking care of everything uh-huh. that my dad paid uh-huh. got arrested in Colombia. Mm. So we got stuck there. Oh, no way out. <laughs> we oh didn't know goodness. where we were. We didn't know where to go. Yeah. 
So it was on the 25th day. They showed up uh-huh. and they were like, look, you know, we got arrested. We're sorry, but we're back now. Yeah. You know, um, we're going to be getting you guys out of here in another boat. And everybody was like, no, not on a boat we're again. not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my goodness. They said, we're leaving in a plane. Yes. <laughs> and my mom was able to go. Uh-huh. I believe it was either that day or the day after. She was able to get on a little boat and go to like a near nearby island. Uh-huh. Which was, I would say about, if I recall correctly, her telling me it was about 45 minutes away. And mm-hmm. she was able to use the phone. And that's when she contacted my dad and said, hey, we're okay. We've been at this island. Um, these people, you know, got yeah. arrested. This is the you know reason why we got stuck here. And mm-hmm. uh, it was on the 27th day. We actually, so they said, okay, you're going to leave in a plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't even oh. call it a plane. <laughs> it was so small. Um, we get on this little plane. And I think it might have been, I don't know, maybe 15, 16, 17 people on the plane, plus the pilot. So we're 13 Cubans. Uh huh. So I remember the moment the plane takes off, it wasn't even 20 minutes, and it just started. The weather was so bad oh. that you could literally see the lightning just strike, like, right next to you. My goodness. And at this point, the pilot actually said, you know, <laughs> you need to start praying because oh. uh, we're going to go down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I remember it was just complete chaos. Everybody yeah. just took off their seatbelts. Uh, you hear people praying and on the floor. And it was just, it was, it was bad. Yeah. Um, what, by what, the grace of God, we made it. Yeah. Was your mother also at that point saying anything to you like, this is what's going to happen? I, I don't remember so much of what she was saying at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember if she was praying. Or, I'm right. sure she was praying. Um, yes. I just I just remember just total chaos around. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And we finally made it to um, Medellin. Okay. which is, um, I want to say, a city in Colombia. Mm-hmm. And from there, I think we were there for like a day. We took a bus for like another 16, 17 hours. Oh, my goodness. To, I want to say it was Cartagena, which mm-hmm. is the capital of Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we made it there, my dad, when we contacted my dad, I remember it was on a Friday that we got there. So on Saturday morning, we contacted my dad and he said when are you guys gonna be here and my mom says well you know these people are saying that because it's the weekend you know they can't get us on a flight till monday morning (coughs) excuse me so my dad said put them on Hmm. so (laughs) my mom gave him gave the lady actually she was she was the one in charge yes gave the woman the phone and I remember my dad yelling and the lady said, you know, the lady kept saying, it's the weekend. If you don't send me the money, I can't send them. So we have to wait till Monday. And my dad said, no, Mm -hmm. you're going to put them on a plane tomorrow. I Mm -hmm. want them here tomorrow. And I'm a man of my word and you will have your money by Monday morning. So she did. She switched the plane tickets and we got here on Mother's Day (laughs) in 1989. Wow, what a journey. 
What a journey. You know, I just want to pause here because people often do not realize um, what it took to get to the this country. Um, and, and they think, oh, you know, they want to make it out as something glamorous or beautiful. But you, you just painted the picture of so many people, their fight to yeah. get here. And I, I think every listener needs to pause and be grateful. And, and this is Thanksgiving season. Yes. Everyone needs to just pause and be grateful for the hand of God and his provision to put them in the United States of America. However you got here, yes. just pause and be grateful this holiday season. Amen. 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 Yes. What a journey. What a journey. Well, you were then around 10, 9, 10 when you got to the States. Yeah. But I, I want us to fast forward a little bit uh, to the place when you're 13 and you meet <laughs> Ralph. Yes. Who, for those that don't know, Ralph is super tall. How tall is Ralph? Six four. Six four. Um, just this tall guy, but wow, a heart bigger than his height. He's got the biggest heart. He does. And uh, and I mean, I can see where you guys probably just. I mean, he connected with you. I'm sure. Now, is he originally from the states? He was born here. Okay. Um, his dad was Cuban. Okay. Um, his mom is Puerto Rican. Okay. So his dad passed um, when my son was about. I would say two and a half. Okay. Okay. No, about three, because my daughter, yeah, he never got to see my daughter. So, yeah. So, Ralph is from here, and you're 13, and you guys meet. Tell us that whole experience, uh, well, best you can. <laughs> so, um, I was in seventh grade at the time. Uh, it, it was, I say it was love at first sight. Uh-huh. <laughs> I kind of, I knew him. Mm -hmm. I didn't know him. I had seen him around. Um, I I want to say he wasn't his best at the time. He was a <laughs> teenager. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, he was always into one problem or another. He was, his thing, you know, he was always fighting. Um, his friends, you know, would have a a problem with, whoever and they were like ralph <laughs> you know and it just got, get ralph on them like yeah. ralph handle this situation so because of that <laughs> it kind of like you know when when his friend i remember walking my mom used to help um i used to live right behind a uh, supermarket and that's where my mom worked so i remember walking down one day with my cousin and his friend is like waving me down and he's like my friend wants your number and i'm like well where's your friend <laughs> so there comes ralph out of he was literally like <laughs> just hiding behind a car <laughs> and he's like hey. so I'm like okay I knew who it was and I'm like okay I'll you know I'll, yeah. I'll give him a chance you know yeah so he he called and we never stopped talking and from since. that point on wow you knew it was meant to be yeah and you married him two years later 15 Wow. So no, yeah, we don't want our teenagers to get an idea here that, uh, that's, it's very rare. Let me yeah, just say, definitely. it is very rare for teenage, uh, relationships to last like you and Ralph have. Um, and I'm sure it's because the Lord is in the mix of your marriage. It's funny because, um, I didn't know at the time. Um, but he, he said, if I'm correct, um, at the age of 12, mm -hmm. um, he was by some kind of canal somewhere in Hialeah where he lived and 
he says that he remembers um, asking God to bring him a, a, a woman that he could love for the rest of his life. Oh. So he felt at that moment that, you know, my, wow. my prayer was answered. You know, wow. here she is. And <laughs> wow. How did your parents feel, feel about you guys getting together well, so young? Since Ralph was 6'4", <laughs> at, 16, <laughs> at 16, my dad was not very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, not. He saw me once uh, at the video store um, by the supermarket where my mom worked. And, <laughs> and Ralph was just, I mean, he stood up above the Everybody. shelves in the video store so <laughs> my dad walked by and he's like he gets home and he tells my mom mm, mm, mm. <laughs> that was. is not gonna happen that 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 is a man <laughs> he, he never saw his face he just saw him from behind and he said he's gotta be like 25 27 years old <laughs> well he thought he was lying to you he's a grown man so it, it, it was rough for a few weeks. I'm um, sure. I wasn't allowed to see him. You know, we would still talk, but I wasn't allowed to see him. And my cousin, I remember my cousin convinced my dad. He says, you know, he's he's young. He's only 16. <laughs> Give him a chance. And that's all it took. Wow. He came once and that was it. Came there every day after. <laughs> wow. So your parents fell in love with him. From wow. The, yeah. From the very first day. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing to see you guys together because y'all are just such a great couple. And um, and so how, well, you married, if you were 15, he was what? Um, he was 19? 17. 17. No, 18. I'm sorry. 18. He was 18. Yeah. So I know, uh, you know, young, young love, young marriage. And I'm sure you guys had, a, you, you've had your shares, share of ups and downs. Uh, but it's beautiful to see uh, you as a couple now. And I, and I do want to talk about this because we're, of our subject today. Uh, you were Catholic, correct? Or were I you? Was, yeah, you, I was raised Catholic. Was he as well raised Catholic? Or He was raised Christian. He was raised Christian. Yeah, his mom, since he was a young kid, would take him to So to is, is that and, how you kind of got introduced to the Christian church and faith was through Ralph? I believe it was always something in me. Yeah. Like something that I always knew, mm -hmm. but it wasn't what I was being taught. Right. But he, when I met him, uh -huh. um, and and he, we started going to church together. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, pretty much a, a, a turning point. Right. To say, okay, you know, this is more of what I believe in. Right. You know what I've always believed in. You know. So because Jesus at some point became more than a religion to you he became personal to you can you kind of take us there for a minute when when you started seeing jesus more in the light of a personal savior i want to say it wasn't um uh i did turn away from religion mm -hmm. um i want to say it wasn't a turning point mm -hmm. Yes, um, at that point, Jesus was my only Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. But let's say that it took s so many years after to finally honor God the way he should be honored. Mm. Okay, um, explain that. Explain so that. You it, mean you kind of still saw him as, as not as a person, as much a personal Savior until years later? Not quite like that. I just, um, I, I accepted him as my personal savior, but you kind of, I, I guess I was still much, very young. Um, uh -huh. 
it wasn't until my son got diagnosed with Crohn's mm. um, at the age of 17. Wow. And I think that's when everything was, you know. Looked different. Yeah. Okay, so your son gets this diagnosis of Crohn's disease. And I know I've, I know the story. Um, I know you guys were just, that really was like a, a punch in the gut when yeah. you got the news. Um, and you saw your baby hurting. Mm-hmm. You saw your baby suffering. So it, was it at that point you realize, I can talk to Jesus. I can cry out to Jesus. I can look to Jesus, and he's going to help me. What, was it Was it that, or was it someone uh, that said, hey, have you tried no. talking to Jesus, the healer? No, I remember being in the hospital with my son. Um, at the very beginning, everyone would call and how's Ralph doing? And, you know, I always had like a negative response. Oh, the doctor's saying that they're going to do a scan because his kidneys and Mm. they're going to do this because of this. And it was, and I felt like, I remember I took my Bible and I was reading it and it was like, if God said to me, stop, Mm. you know, you need to stop declaring all these bad negative things Mm. you know and you need to start speaking you know Mm. faith and 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 know that he's gonna be okay so it kind of like changed my whole attitude and i think it was maybe at that point where i knew yeah yeah that Mm. he was gonna be healed wow it's like the lord really confirmed in your spirit yeah from that moment on i'm like you know you got this, you know, this is out of our control. Yes. But I also knew that he was going to be healed. Was that when you felt like you really surrendered your all to Jesus? It wasn't just this occasional going to church Because that's when I really started to seek him. Wow. As my Lord and Savior. Wow, that's good. That's good. You know, Nella, it's interesting to me because tragedy will either turn people to Mm -hmm. God or away from God. Um, and you hear this often with people, they either get angry and quit talking to God or suddenly they discover God and the true self of, you know, more than he's more than just a deity. He's my savior. He's my savior. So you started seeing him more as the person you could go to, to, to share your, your struggle and your fight, but you had the confirmation that your son would be healed. So were were you from that point on just hanging on to everything Jesus was confirming to your spirit? Or were you still struggling with God? Are you real? Do you hear me? If you're not real, you need to... I mean, what was the conversation? I don't think that was ever a thought. I I know he's real. I I knew he was real. Yeah. I knew he he had confirmed that in my spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That not only was he real, but that he was going to heal him. Wow. Um. I remember a week after he came out of the hospital, um, he was all shaken up. And and I remember I walked in the room and I said, no. Hmm. I said, get it together. I said, you're going to be healed because God said you're going to be healed. Wow. So you need to believe that. I said, I don't know if it's going to be today, tomorrow, a year, two years, 10 years, five years, whenever. Yeah. But I know that he's going to heal you. Wow. Amen. And I remember walking out of the room and just breaking down. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So but you, I, I just knew it. I knew it. I, I believed it. Yeah. You just had that confirmation yeah. in your spirit. It's going to yeah. be done. So that's when your whole family began to look to Jesus as more than just uh, something we do on a Sunday or, or on Easter or on a Christmas. It was today, every day, we depend yeah. Yeah. on him. We, He's my Savior. Yeah. We began doing Bible study. I began reading more of the Bible. Um, it was just a... a it was a big a transformation. Turnaround, a turnaround yeah. in your family. And I want the listeners to hear that because the Lord used that tragedy in the sense of that tragic news um, to turn your hearts toward him. And uh, I, and, I'm, and we're going to talk about something here in just a second, but uh, how is Ralph Jr. now? He has... He's doing amazing. Yeah. He, um, he actually... he's There's no signs of Crohn's, right? No. Um, he was diagnosed in September 2016, and in July of 2017, he was taking off all the medication. Praise God. Um, Praise God. He has not seen a doctor ever since. Wow. Amen. Praise the Lord. God and, is and so good. The enemy's crafty. Yes, He'll, he is. You know, he comes around, and, you know, he tries to put fear yeah. into you and, you know, make you believe that, oh, you're not healed, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. It was temporary, you mm -hmm. know. It's going to come back. Mm. You know, you're going to feel pain again. You're going to, mm. and I remember being in his, his room one day in, in, in his apartment when he went away for college in Fort Myers, and, you know, he was experiencing a little bit of pain, and he was just like, I believe in his heart, he probably felt like, what's going on? Like Yeah, yeah. And I remember being just listening to him and I said, no, mm -hmm. like, and I, I, I walked by the time I, I walked over there, my husband was already getting to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not get that out of your this. head. Yes. yes. Um, and I remember walking up to him and I said, no, God Amen. is not a liar. Amen. And if he said that he healed you, Amen. he healed Amen. you. Amen. So. Amen. So good. So good. Which is so cool because for those that were here this Sunday when the amazing, uh, the whole entire family, this was so amazing for those that didn't get to see this, the entire family decided to get baptized together. Water <laughs> baptized together. Tell, tell the audience, what made you come to that decision? And then tell us a little bit about that. You know, believe it or not, we have been baptized right um, a few years back. Um, it was actually in my pool. Uh, <laughs> okay, it can, but hey, I don't be baptized in a swimming pool. <laughs> but I don't, I don't feel like it. it I don't know, really know how to explain it. Um, this time around, first, first of all, my my children mm -hmm. wanted to be, be baptized. baptized. Yeah. Um, I remember when when Sam, you know, when, when we first got baptized, and she just she hugged me and. She was just trembling, and wow. she felt like it was just such a big transformation, like such a, it was like a relief. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, I'm free. Like <laughs> it was beautiful. I mean, to watch all of you, it was just beautiful seeing you get baptized together. It was like your whole family, and, and knowing that next year, um, our whole theme next year is, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord it was like you all as a family made a declaration that Jesus is our personal Lord and Savior. Absolutely. You made that statement to everyone. When It's funny you said that because when we just re moved into our new house, 
in 29 well 2020 um february of 2020 and i have to say my husband has been like our rock mm-hmm. um he's the one that you know i've always prayed with my kids morning afternoon i mean morning and before they go to bed i pray for them but he's always on top of them like yeah you yeah. know you gotta pray you gotta read your bible yeah you know god is first you know yeah uh, you put him first and everything else should come and you know uh, you gotta pray and i'm like honey you know you, you have to give them you know it, it, it'll Let come yeah. yeah and that's why the baptism was so wow. yeah you know important for me because it came from them right you know i actually got from sama i want to be baptized <sighs> you know yeah but yeah when we first moved in one of the first things you'll see when you come in my house is a huge sign that my husband put up in the lawn and says ask for me in my house we will it. serve the lord <laughs> i love yeah. that and that was really the message that came through that day when all of you chose to get baptized together and in making that huge step it motivated other people and encouraged other people how could you encourage someone to just walk away from the confines of religion going through the motion so many families do that how could you encourage them to walk away from that and embrace a relationship with Jesus Christ as as for me being raised Catholic um, I got baptized when I was 11 um, in the Catholic Church I was already here in this country um, then I did my communion and so I, I believe I did my baptism and once I excuse me once I did my communion then you do com- um, confirmation Uh um the same day i believe Uh um but then it came time to confession Mm -hmm. and i was like and at this time i i didn't know ralph um Mm -hmm. but it it didn't feel right um Mm -hmm. i always said to myself and i said to my mom uh this is not right like i don't feel the need to confess my sins to a person that's just like me wow he has no authority to say to me that my sins are forgiven Mm. that's up to god that's between me and god wow you know and i could just say that to him you know i could repent directly to him you just knew that i just knew that in my spirit and i never went along with the whole um confession and so i did my communion and that was it Uh (laughs) um and i remember my parents went through a a time where they because when we got here from cuba they got back together Mm -hmm. and then I believe I was around 11 or 12, about 11 or 12. They got separated. Mm. And, you know, in the Catholic religion, you, you know, I say that tend to believe in anything and everything. Mm -hmm. So there's a famous church um, in Hialeah. It's called San Lazaro, which is, if you translate it, I guess it's St. Lazarus. Okay. And it's a very famous church. I mean, once a year on... San Lazaro's day, which is, I believe, December 17th. I mean, people, you see them walking and Mm. on their knees, barefoot, Mm. you know, all kinds of flowers, all kinds of promises and all kinds of stuff. And Mm. I remember being taken to that church, um, you know, when we got here by my mom and my dad. Mm. And I never felt that it was that Mm. it was okay. You know, I remember when you first walk in. You know, that's 
where I would stay. Yeah. In the cross. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because th- there was this huge saint huh. on the side, and that's where everybody went. You know, and I remember just staying in the cross. My you goodness. know, something um, in you knew. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about it, religion is just a bunch of laws and yes. and and rules and regulations to yeah. follow and christianity and knowing christ is is a it's a it's a relationship yeah. it's something that it's you know you don't have to you know i don't have to go to anybody to say mm-hmm. you know do you forgive me right you know i could just go directly to the father yes you know amen so amen. I have a lot of friends that struggle with that. I have a lot of friends that, that you know, were raised Catholic, right. are still Catholic. Right. And it, it, it kind of, like, doesn't register, yeah. you know, when you kind of speak to them. Uh-huh. Um, it's, I don't know. Um, I, I always say that you have to live out Christ, mm. you know, not so much mm-hmm. the talk. You know, right. like they say, you know, talk yes. is cheap, you yes. know, but when, when you truly live out mm. the life that Christ wants you to live, mm-hmm. and that's, that's when I, that's why I said that I was always a believer of Christ, but I was mm-hmm. not honoring Christ the way I should have. Right. Not and following. You can believe and not follow. Right. When you follow, you, like you said, you're walking it out. Yeah. You're walking the life out. And people want to see you. They do. I think people you know, desire that. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to, you know, you could say to somebody, I go to church Monday through Sunday, mm. eight hours a day, mm-hmm. you know, but if my life reflects otherwise, there you go. then they're going to be like, that's Christianity. That's, mm-hmm. I don't want any part of that. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I, I think that's important for everyone to hear, especially for the person who's looking for something that's real for genuine something genuine not just emotions and not just a religious act they're looking for something that's going to change them on the inside and that's exactly what I keep hearing you talk about it that it was it was something you felt you knew from the inside there was more than just rule following it was relationship and I follow out of relationship not duty right because I have a love for him, not because I'm told I have to. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, I have to confess to the priest. Well, he is my high priest. Jesus exactly. is my high priest. Yeah. And he can, I can go to him and he can forgive me. Absolutely. I love that. And I just pray anybody who might be listening, who's struggling with that right now, who's struggling with, you know, I feel there's more. There's more. Well, I want to assure you there is more. There is more, and you can find it in a relationship with Jesus. Nella, would you just pray for that person who's searching, who's looking for that? Absolutely. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for the journey that I have been on. Um, I thank you for all the opportunities, um, all the open doors, and and all my closed doors, um, which are probably more important than my open doors. I pray for every listener out there, Lord God, that you put in their heart um, to, to, to just connect with you directly, um, to not follow um, the religion and, and the rules and regulations of this world, Lord, um, to just look for you, 
um, it, it's so important um, for, for, for people to, to just come to you. Um, you say, your word says that if we truly repent, God, um, that you will take us in and that we will have eternal life with you, Lord. And it's so important for all those people listening out there. You know, I pray for, for the, the ones that are struggling with anxiety, mm. uh, with the loss of a family member, Lord. Mm. I pray that you would be near to them, Lord yes. God, that they will search for you, that they will seek you, and that they would find you, Father. Yes, I pray for everyone listening, Lord God. I pray for Pastor Jamie, for Pastor Vic, for my church family, Lord God. I thank you for every single one of them. They have been so amazing to us. We love every single one of them. I pray that you would bless them, that you would bless our church, Lord God, that we, we may continue to do the things that you want us to do, um, that you change our hearts, Lord God, so that we may live for you and you alone. And I pray that you put that in the hearts and in the minds of everyone listening out there, Lord God, mm. yes, God. that we only need you. Yes, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, we have a lot of exciting events going on through the holiday season, not just the ones that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. So make sure to visit our Facebook or Instagram page to find out more or you can go to the church website at cccofgod.org to find dates and register for events. Thank you so much, Nella. You have been a blessing today. Thank you, Pastor Jamie. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you again for joining us here on the Fearless Journey podcast. I hope you all leave encouraged wherever and whenever you're listening. We can't wait for you to hear more from our fearless women as we share new stories every Friday. Until next time, let's go live fearless.